Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. This episode of the Bears Talk Underground is brought to you by the Spotify Green Room, formerly known as the Locker Room app. Guys, Spotify Green Room is a live audio only sports talk platform, free to download and use. Talk to me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time. It's perfect for watch parties, debates, post game breakdowns, and reacting to breaking news. Share your own experiences on the app. Start or join ongoing conversations. Watch games together. React to the biggest news, rumors, and games. And of course, I host a weekly show every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. on the Spotify Green Room. The Bears Talk Underground presents Club 34-7. Be sure and join me. Come through and talk with me live. All you need to do is download the Spotify Green Room app free in the iOS or Android app store. Create a profile, link to your Twitter, and join into the group. Follow me to be notified when my room goes live. And, of course, every Wednesday night, 7 p.m. Central, 8 o'clock Eastern, is when Club 34-7 uh, hits the air. So be sure to join in on the fun, guys. You don't want to miss it. And be sure to follow me on the uh, on the app so that you'll know anytime that I go live because uh, we'll be doing watch parties during the preseason. We'll be doing uh, knee-jerk reactions during halftime uh, during the season and things like that. Lots to do. This app opens up so many possibilities for interaction between me and you, my loyal audience. So be sure and download the Spotify Green Room app wherever you get your apps. <laughs> What's up, guys? Time to wrap up week number five. We are back for the deep dive review episode, breaking down our beloved's win over the Las Vegas Raiders uh, on Sunday. And, uh, you know, it feels good. feels good to, uh, to get one on the road. It feels good to win a game that we weren't supposed to. Uh, and it feels good to be making progress with our rookie quarterback, even though his uh, his stats weren't uh, weren't sexy at all on Sunday, you know. But uh, I'll take the pattern, honestly. I will in this in this uh, rebuilding year. Not, well, not so much rebuilding, but kind of a restart year uh, for the team with this brand new quarterback. That uh, you know, we'll uh, we'll support him with defense. Uh, and the running game, and, and you know, uh, continue to to build this team uh, around him uh, while he be, you know has his special moments before, because you just feel like it's coming, and and, and what's coming is going to be one of those days where Justin Fields has uh, an Ohio State versus you know uh, you know Kent State uh, afternoon where he just goes nuts and throws for 380 and five touchdowns uh, or something like that. I feel like a day that like that is going to come probably later rather than sooner uh, as far as, you know, what we're seeing uh, out there uh, thus far. But if, you know, if we can continue to win football games while, while Justin learns his way as an NFL quarterback throwing 25 times a game for about two touchdowns or for 200 yards and maybe one or two touchdowns and no picks, uh, I'll take it. I absolutely will because, uh, like I said, I feel like it's just uh, it's just a matter of um, 
finding that perfect combination with the offensive line, being able to uh, block and give him the protection that he needs. And, uh, you know, like we had with those uh, those moments in the, in the Detroit game uh, a couple of weeks ago. So uh, I feel like that time is coming. But uh, let's go ahead and talk about this, uh, this football game. Uh, the Bears went into the desert uh, against the, uh, the Raiders. Uh, they were not favored and not expected to win, and they came away with a big one. It is the Week 5 Review episode of the Bears Talk Underground, so let's get to it. You know, I've always had a knack for, for noticing things, uh, for being observant in, in kind of odd ways uh, from time to time, and I, and I just realized that um, on Sunday, the Raiders were 3-1, and one, the Bears were 2-2, two and two, the Raiders were the favored team, and the Raiders lost. If you go back to two years ago in London, the Bears were three and one. The Raiders were two and two. The Bears were the favorite team, and the Bears lost. So uh, you know uh, it's uh, it's weird, but uh, that's it's true, and that's what happened uh, on Sunday. It is also kind of funny that um, you know if you look at how the games were won, uh, the Bears ran the football and played you know defense. Uh, slowing down the 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 offense of the uh of the Raiders and um that's pretty much how the Raiders beat us. I mean not like we had an explosive offense that needed to be, you know, shut down uh or anything, but uh you know, it was the running game that really won the game for the Steelers uh two or the Steelers, my god, the Raiders uh 2 years ago uh in that football game. So uh you know, it's it's funny that the the recipe for success was right there. For us, all we had to do was watch the the London game. It's like, okay, well, if we gash them in the run and we shut them down, uh, you know, with our defense, then uh, we'll win the game, kind of like they did uh, against us two years ago. And lo and behold, uh, we did it. And uh, the other ironic thing is, uh, I, uh, Akeem Hicks got hurt in that game, so we we lost the game because we lost Akeem Hicks, and this time we won despite the fact we didn't have uh, Akeem Hicks. Uh, uh, and stopping the run and, and everything. So, again, I got to give credit to, to Sean Desai for figuring out how to put a game plan together that would be successful on defense. And also it's Eddie Goldman's second game back, you know, a little bit more, uh, uh, you know, tread on the tires as far as, uh, you know, getting in, getting in there and being effective and, and swallowing up uh, defenders. So Roquan and, and uh, Danny Gervathan, who was back, and Alec Ogletree from behind could make some uh, – could make the plays and, and do their thing. So uh, just kind of looks more impressive the, the further we get away from it uh, and everything. So it's uh, it was a good win uh, for the Bears uh, on Sunday. So, uh, you know, it, it's, 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 a, it's a, a growing thing, uh, you know, a growth uh, situation where, you know, we go on the road, we win a game that we weren't favored to win. Um, and, uh, you know, we can build from that, especially now that, for at least the next two games, I don't know how the, you know, and it actually it's going to depend. But uh, you know, like these next two games, even at home next week, or this week I should say against the uh, Packers, we are definitely not going to be uh, favored, and we sure as hell won't be favored on the road at Tampa Bay uh, next weekend uh, either. So, and I guess it depends on how those games go. That will determine uh, whether or not we're favored at home for the 49ers two weeks from now. So, 
Anyway, let's go ahead and get into this uh, into this game. You know, like I said, the Bears come into the desert. They're uh, they're not the favored uh, team going into what uh, what our boy Q from uh, Locked On Raiders said would be a hostile environment, even in the short time that the Raiders had been in Vegas. Because, like I said, this was a I don't know if you would call it a concern, but definitely one of the things that he brought up when we talked over the summer for the opponent preview series that um, you know this is a new market, this is a new home. Uh, for the Raiders this is not like it was when they went from Oakland to LA and then back to Oakland where they had fans waiting uh, for them and and granted Vegas is not far from uh, from California at all so it's not like they wouldn't have already have fans in the area but with Vegas being kind of a neutral site for pretty much everybody you know it's like uh, who really lives in Las Vegas you know kind of thing Uh, people always visiting and 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 with it being the tourist attraction that it's always been, you know, Q mentioned uh, over the summer that, uh, you know, I, we wondered how long it would be before the the Raiders could um, take over the market, basically. Would, would it be, uh, you know, how long would it take before it was 90% silver and black uh, versus, you know, in this case, uh, you know, blue and orange uh, coming in uh, for the visiting? And granted, the Bears... Uh, contingent travels well and uh and and whatnot but uh it did seem like a very heavy raider crowd there so it didn't take long uh not at all so uh it was uh, an interesting aspect of the football game but uh as in most road trips you definitely felt the uh the bears uh f- the bear fan contingent flexing uh from time to time but uh you know we go into this game and in the uh, in the first quarter uh of the ball game not a lot of excitement uh, it seemed like the, it's from the from the beginning, both of the defenses kind of set the tone that this wasn't going to be one of those games that was loaded with big explosive plays and or uh, a lot of points. It was going to be a dogfight, and it was just going to be a matter of who had the will to outlast the other. <coughs> Knee-jerk reaction, Bears and Raiders after the first quarter. The first good majority of the first quarter, it was a defensive back and forth uh, on these uh, on these last drives, one for the Raiders and one for the Bears. Seemed like a little bit of uh, figuring out the puzzle. Uh, the Raiders were able to put a decent drive together, but they can't they can't quite get out of their own way uh, in the fact that it was littered with penalties. In fact, they scored a touchdown that had to be called back. Uh, because for the second time on the drive, two players were penalized for holding on the play. So Josh Jacobs had like a six, seven yard touchdown run that was called back due to a holding penalty. The Bears end up holding there and uh, only giving up a field goal. And then on the ensuing drive, um, the Bears bailed out by Raiders penalties again. I mean, we uh, on first down, Justin Fields throws a lateral. So we end up losing seven yards on first down. Then a delay of game penalty makes it second and 22. And then a, a roughing the passer penalty on Yannick Ngakwe gives us a fresh set of downs, 15 yards we didn't earn. And since then, the Bears offense has been rolling, mixing up the passes and the runs. We've mostly moved the ball running on this drive with Damian Williams and uh, Khalil Herbert who had a nice 11-yard run just before the end of the quarter here. So, But it's, it's 3 nothing right now. And like I said, I think it's um, it took a few drives. The offense is kind of figuring out 
the defenses and whatnot. The defenses definitely won uh, the first quarter. Uh, I wasn't liking the pressure that I was seeing Justin Fields under. There was some concern. He took a hit from uh, from Abrams on a, on a designed run on third and five. He got stopped a yard short of the first down. They were thinking that maybe he was uh, under a little pain on the sidelines there. But uh, he came back. He's out there. Um, the Raiders are bringing extra people to get after Fields. So hopefully that's something that we can uh, rein in to keep our quarterback upright and uh, keep our offense rolling. So we're, we're rolling really well now. The last like five or so plays that, that we had uh, on this drive before the end of the quarter, uh, we're deep in Raiders territory now, looking to at least uh, even it up, hopefully get it in the end zone and take the lead. So early on, some cause uh, for concern with the way that the Raiders were really getting after uh, fields. The offensive line wasn't holding up very well uh, in the beginning, especially in the way of the uh, pass rush. Like the Raiders, uh, you know, having watched the film uh, against the Lions, were determined not to get carved up in those big chunk plays like the uh, like the Lions did uh, last Sunday, and and we're also doing a. a a pretty good job of, of nailing Justin Fields every time uh, they got the chance. And I don't think it was because they were trying to rattle him or anything like that. Because like, I think, like I said, I, I've, I don't think he is uh, that kind of uh, player. I don't think he is one of those ones that will get uh, the, 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 the happy feet uh, in in the pocket uh, and, and whatnot, or at least he hasn't proven to do that in this short time uh, as a quarterback. I mean, if if it's not going to happen after a game like Cleveland, I don't think it's going to happen at all. I mean, let's be honest. So if he can handle the, the beating that he took uh, against Cleveland and come back uh, and have the performance that he had against the Lions and, you know, throw away the qualifier that it was the Lions and they're not a good football team and all that kind of stuff, it's still the NFL. And if you can come back and not be permanently scarred after, you know, a, a traumatic day like the one he had against Cleveland, uh, I think he's going to be uh, okay. Uh, and that was the other thing that was uh, that has been impressive uh, about Justin Fields was with the shots that he took. I think it's it's important to him that in in the mental aspect of the game that he didn't show the Raiders that they were getting to him uh, in that way. Uh, he that 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 shot that he took uh, from Abrams, he tried to do the the spin move and uh, didn't complete the spin before Abrams came in and, and basically blasted him right in the kidneys, uh, knocking him a yard short of the uh, of the first down on that third down play. Uh, and afterwards, uh, in the press conference, he said that he got the wind uh, knocked out of him. Like they brought a trash can over to him in case he needed to throw up and uh, the whole nine yards. I mean, I know that there were probably, you know, Raiders in the booth uh, up top in the in the coaching booth with binoculars and whatnot watching fields and and seeing that this was uh, was happening. But as far as like showing the players uh, on the field and, and whatnot, he wasn't going to show them that uh, they were getting to him. So, I mean, he didn't have those those fits or that frustrating moment. Uh, in Cleveland, where he's taking one shot after another and getting sacked nine times uh, in the process, I really feel like we have a mentally strong quarterback that will be able to handle anything that gets thrown at him. Uh, and we definitely saw that uh, in the early going in the first quarter 
where it, it didn't get any, it wasn't easy in the first quarter uh, at all. Like I said, it wasn't until we had that roughing the passer call that gave us that fresh set of downs to start over on that last drive in the second quarter that the offense really kind of started uh, to get rolling. And, and going into the second quarter, we were able to continue uh, that trend, put some points on the board, and put some distance between ourselves and the Raiders to go into halftime with an impressive lead. <laughs> Knee-jerk reaction. Bears-Raiders after the second quarter, and the second quarter was all us. It was all Bears. Uh, we, we lost the first quarter 3 to nothing. We won the first. We won the second quarter 14 to nothing. but it was not without its costs. We had a great scare about midway through the second quarter. Justin Fields um, scrambling out to his his right-hand side. Looks like he's going to run, pulls up at the last second like he's going to pass, and then decides to run. Uh, Yannick Ngakwe uh, catches him, and when he does and starts to trip him up, his knee buckles under him. It like looked like a hyperextension. He actually goes out of the game only to return about three plays later. I mean, three, four plays later, Andy Dalton comes in. He completes a pass. We are running the ball really, really well in the first half. And uh, hands it off about two, three times, throws a, and completes a pass. Looks like we're going to be okay. And then, boom, Fields comes running out onto the field. And you should have heard the crowd, like the Bear fans in attendance in Vegas, roared with approval when here comes Justin Fields out back on he's been playing uh ever since and you know i tweeted out that uh is like honestly man i i just hope that justin field's body can hold up not just today but for 2021 until we can spend this offseason upgrading our offensive line you know i mean obviously a part of that is getting tevin jenkins back we're we're assuming He'll be healthy and 100% to go in 2022 if we don't get him back before the end of the year. But upgrading the center position, finding ourselves another tackle or, or two, you know, Tevin Jenkins and somebody else, or, you know, maybe Larry Borum uh, will, will be good to go uh, when he returns from his ankle injury, and those will be our tackles of the future. Either way, we need Justin's body to hold up until we can figure out the, the winning combination there because uh, with this offensive line he's going to take his lumps we just have to hope it's not more than his body can handle uh right now because he's unflappable you know he's not going to be one of those quarterbacks that you know or at least it appears anyway he's not going to be one of those quarterbacks that's going to get rattled and start seeing ghosts and hearing footsteps uh when he's under pressure he's going to take the shot he's going to get back up he's going to call the next play in the huddle it's just a matter of can his body accept the punishment it's going to take um, with this offensive line uh, in front of him. But he throws a touchdown pass to Jesper Horstead because all Horstead does is score touchdowns. And uh, we capped off the second half with an eight-and-a-half-minute drive that was finished off by Damian Williams and a sweet, sweet cut move at about the three-yard line uh, to leave his opponent grabbing nothing but air to make it 14-3. to uh, at the half so I believe we started with the ball so the Raiders start with the football in the second half it's just we need to be a 60 minute team because the Raiders are really good at coming back from these deficits they got behind 
early at least two or three times. I saw him do it against the Ravens. I saw him do it against the Dolphins. They won both of those games. So we need to come back in the second half just as strong as we did in the first if we want to hang on to this lead and claim victory today. And that was an important point worth making that, uh, you know, the, even though that the Bears had this two-score lead uh, at the half, the, the, the game was far, far from over as the, the Raiders had proven in those games against the Ravens and against the uh, Dolphins. Uh, they got down early uh, to the Dolphins. I think it was like 19 to nothing or something like that before they ended up coming back and, and taking the lead and eventually winning the game. Uh, the Ravens was a huge uh, back and forth, uh, you know, contest where uh, I think the Ravens got up ahead early uh, as well. Or maybe it was one that they, they came back in the second half or something. Because I, I think the Raiders struck first in that game, now that I'm thinking about it. But the Ravens came back and took the lead. The Raiders come back and, and force overtime and, and uh, you know, and eventually win the game uh, in OT. But, uh, the, you know, the point being that we did really need to come out in the second half and be as, you know, as strong and sturdy defensively as we had been uh, in the first half and and to keep doing what we were doing on the offensive side, eat up the clock, move the chains, keep the ball out of Derek Carr and company's uh, hands and, and and do that our, do our best to continue scoring points to to increase the uh, lead because they were more than capable of big strikes and, and making big plays and getting and shrinking that deficit before we even knew what happened uh, to us. Uh, and, and, and also, speaking of losses in that game, uh, other, other than possibly losing Justin Fields, which was a very scary uh, moment, like when we see the replay of his knee uh, hyperextending underneath him like that, it was like, oh, dear God, did we just, did that just happen? You know, kind of thing. Uh, but uh, also, Jermaine Afidi had a similar thing happen to him as well, uh, only we did lose him. Uh, for the game, and Elijah Wilkerson had to come off the bench uh, and play in his stead. And as you guys heard yesterday in the Bear Up and Bear Down uh, episode, uh, he earned himself a bear up for the fact that nobody really noticed Elijah Wilkerson was in there after he came uh, in the game. You know, and, and when it comes to being an offensive lineman, you pretty much want to be a, a face in the crowd. You don't want to be somebody who stands out. Uh, for one reason or another, because more times than not, if you're an offensive lineman that's getting noticed, it's not because you're out there kicking ass more times than not. So, uh, like I said, kudos to uh, to him uh, for getting the job done and, and for making it a smooth transition from one player to the next uh, when he was coming in in relief of the uh, injured Fidi. Uh No word yet on, on the status uh, of Jermaine. I'm sure that we'll learn that as we go further along. Uh, in the week uh, and and such. So, um, but in this, like I said, in that second quarter, uh, that that drive with the the um, Damian Williams touchdown, which is probably one of my favorite highlights of the year uh, so far. You know, it's just like the 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 left tackle, obviously Justin uh, Jason Peters, uh, kind of caves down uh, the line and. Uh, Damian Williams wanted to kick it out to the outside, so it was him and the defender one on one. Whoever wins this uh, this one on one matchup is going to win the play. And Williams made a made a fake to the outside. The defender bit. He goes to the inside. The defender just you know, like I said, was left hugging air at the 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 ghost of Damian Williams that he thought was going to be going to the left there. And uh, you know, Williams skates in untouched. 
uh, for the touchdown uh, on that play. It's like, it's just, that was so good. I loved it so much. It was like my favorite play of the game, uh, quite frankly. But um, uh, yeah, I, I love that. But uh, it was uh, it was a, a very strong quarter uh, for us to to have the, the the touchdown drive to get Justin Fields back. I think that was important for him as it was for the for the team uh, to see him come trotting back out onto the field and for you know for him to be able to lead the team uh, and finish a drive and and whatnot uh, after. Uh, returning. The only thing that I didn't appreciate, as you guys heard yesterday in the Bear Up and Bear Down, was the people booing Andy Dalton when he came out on the field. It's like, all right, enough of this. Okay, we get it. We're not happy that Andy Dalton was like, but we should be happy now. Okay, Andy Dalton's not the starter, and he's not out there because Justin Fields is being benched or anything like that. He's out there because Justin Fields, this is worst case scenario, guys. He's out there because Justin Fields is hurt. We don't. We didn't even know to what degree yet until five plays later when he comes trotting back out onto the field. No harm, no foul. And, uh, you know, he's fine. But it's just like, all right, enough. Okay, enough. Nobody's happy about this particular moment. But, and, you know, Andy Dalton's going to be out there. and this, this is a good thing that we have Andy Dalton. It is a good thing that we have him, that he can come out and run the offense. We know he, he's because he's not Chase Daniel. He's not a guy who's played, you know, who could count on his hands how many starts he's had in a 10-year NFL career like he did when he was with the Bears. I mean, he was a 10- or 11-year guy by the time he played in Chicago, and he Still had fingers left over for all the starts that he'd had in his time in the league. Andy Dalton knocked that all out in his first season as an NFL quarterback. So he's got the experience and everything. We've got a competent backup that can help us, you know, maintain while Justin Fields uh, was out. God forbid. So it, it's I didn't really understand the uh, the venom towards him, and I didn't like it. So uh, I think we should be appreciative that uh, Andy Dalton is is on the team and that he's that he is healthy and can be there if we need him because the alternative is cement shoes Nick Foles is like no thank you I'll take Andy Dalton over Foles thank you very much so but as we get into the into the second half the bears have this lead that they need to protect but they also kind of want to uh, you know the 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 strategy should be the philosophy should be to continue to do what we were doing on offense to uh, move the chains to to run the clock, keep the ball out of Derek Carr and company's hands, and put some more points on the board. Unfortunately, uh, it was more like the first quarter again, where defenses were the rule of the day, and uh, you know it was a shutout on both sides as we go into the uh, fourth quarter with the same score that we had at the half. <coughs> Knee jerk reaction, third quarter, Bears and Raiders, and it's all going to come down to this. Because it was a scoreless third quarter on both sides. Uh, defense is kind of the rule of the day uh, in the third quarter. Uh, the Bears came up with a turnover, uh, intercepting uh, Derek Carr. And uh, the Raiders weren't, a- or excuse me, the Bears weren't able to do uh, anything with it. Uh, we had a very disappointing drive on our last outing. Actually, we got eight yards or something like that on first down. And then on third and one, uh, at, we got another yard on second down, and then on third and one, we had like eight offensive linemen on the field and somehow managed to lose a yard on the play uh, and had to punt. I mean, it was, it's, uh, it's, been dif- it's been disappointing 
uh, watching that happen uh, with the Bears. We're not really doing anything on the offensive side. Uh, we did all of our scoring in the second quarter. So, But our defense has been outstanding. Travis Gibson uh, had a sack back there. We're, we're doing a very good job uh, of keeping everything in front of us with the Raiders and not allowing ourselves to get beat uh, in the with the big plays. I mean, that was my big concern going into this. Why I actually picked the Raiders to win this game is because I thought that was more likely to happen than it wasn't. And maybe our secondary has learned its lesson finally because they've got some dangerous targets out there. Darren Waller has been a complete non-factor uh, in this game. And the one time that they had a chance to burn us for a big play, the receiver dropped the ball. We got lucky. He dropped the football. So the Bears have been doing an outstanding job keeping this Raider offense in check. Josh Jacobs has not been able to hurt us in the running game like he did a couple of years ago in 2019. We're getting to Derek Carr. And when, it, when you know everything else in between hasn't been anything that's hurt us, the Raiders have not gone the length of the field since that field goal drive at the end of the first quarter. So we have been doing an outstanding job on defense, but I could really use another score, whether it's another field goal or even a touchdown from our offense in the fourth quarter to make it a three-score game, uh, for, or at the very least a two-score game, I should say. Uh, well, I mean, it's a two-score game now, but... You know, to further extend the lead here uh, would be very, very helpful. So the Raiders still have the ball. They're just inside Bear territory. Let's see how it goes from here. <coughs> this episode of the Bears Talk Underground is brought to you by the Spotify Green Room, formerly known as the Locker Room app, guys. Spotify Green Room is a live, audio-only sports talk platform, free to download and use. Talk to me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time. It's perfect for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and reacting to breaking news. Share your own experiences on the app. Start or join ongoing conversations. Watch games together. React to the biggest news, rumors, and games. And, of course, I host a weekly show every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. on the Spotify Green Room. The Bears Talk Underground presents Club 34-7. Be sure and join me. Come through and talk with me live. All you need to do is download the Spotify Green Room app free in the iOS or Android app store. Create a profile, link to your Twitter, and join into the group. Follow me to be notified when my room goes live. And, of course, every Wednesday night, 7 p.m. Central, 8 o'clock Eastern, is when Club 34-7 uh, hits the air. So be sure to join in on the fun, guys. You don't want to miss it. And be sure to follow me on the uh, on the app so that you'll know anytime that I go live because uh, we'll be doing watch parties during the preseason. We'll be doing uh, knee-jerk reactions during halftime uh, during the season and things like that. Lots to do. This app opens up so many possibilities for interaction between me and you, my loyal audience. So be sure and download the Spotify Green Room app wherever you get your apps. <laughs> the thing that was frustrating about the third quarter was that it was clear that our defense was imposing their will uh, on the Raiders, but we seemed to be more about holding ourselves back more so than the Raiders were doing the same to us as far as like their, them, them imposing their will uh, upon us because we were getting after Derek Carr we were sacking him we were putting him under pressure uh, and whatnot the same thing wasn't necessarily true with uh, with us in in the times that we did throw uh, in the ball in the third quarter uh, and things like that um, we just seem to be limiting ourselves or, or playing a little bit of uh, Marty ball if you will there with just getting a little too conservative 
uh, with the run, a little bit too complacent with the run, run, pass, punt uh, scenario there in the uh, in the third quarter, uh, th- which was kind of worrisome. Like I said, with the with the targets and and the the ability that they have on the offensive side of the ball, two plays. We're two plays away from being behind uh, in this football game, and we don't want that uh, to happen because we, we, like I said, we haven't quite figured out the the puzzle to being explosive as far as scoring points yet uh, with this offense. And the last thing that we need uh, is to have to be that way in order to win the win a football game because it's probably something we're going to have to figure out how to do in these next two games to uh, to keep up with uh, Tampa Bay and. Uh, Green Bay, especially Tampa Bay. Tampa has been ripping out the points uh, in the in 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 the last few weeks or all season, actually. So I mean, they've uh, they haven't had that. Uh, I mean, aside from that uh, that low scoring game they had with um, uh, with New England of all teams last Sunday, uh, they've pretty much been uh, cracking the scoreboard uh, against their opponents so far uh, this year. So it's it's not something that uh, you know we want to get into. We don't want to get into a a shootout or have to uh, be that team that has to take shots because we're behind or we have to keep pace with what our opponent uh, is doing. We want to be the ones imposing our will uh, upon uh, our opponents. And it just didn't really seem like we were out to do that uh, in the third quarter. Like we weren't looking to put them away uh, or something like we were just toying with them in the third quarter as far as the way we were conducting uh, our offense. But we get into the, uh, you know, into the into the the way the defense was was getting after it. Aside from that one play uh, where Edwards dropped the pass on what would have been a huge play for them, it wouldn't have been a touchdown because, like I said, Edwards had to stop and wait for the ball to get there. We would have tackled him pretty much immediately if he does uh, catch the ball. But uh, it it would have been a huge play that would have flipped the field had he come down. Uh, with the play, but it was one of those where because he had to stop and wait for the ball, that actually helped us uh, in that instance because he had to wait for the ball, and because he had to wait for it, he was more apt to try to turn and run with the ball before he actually had it, and that's why he dropped it. He took his eyes off of it. It hit him in a different spot than he thought it was going to. No harm, no foul for us, and we we get away with uh, with what, what was basically our, our one busted coverage uh, in the game, in, in other uh, chances, uh, cars guys were open, but he overthrew them. So uh, we were like we were getting away with it, and um, you know we were putting the pressure on car that he wasn't able to deliver the throws that uh, you know in 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 a way that uh, you know made it easier for his receivers to catch the ball. He wasn't as able to be accurate because of the pressure that we were putting upon him. So we go into the fourth quarter. We still have this lead. The Raiders had the ball. And as we find out, they were able to to put one in the end zone and narrow the gap. But in the end, it was our defense that buckled down and our offense was able to finally put on some finishing points to make sure that we came away with a victory in the desert. <coughs> Knee-jerk reaction, fourth quarter, Bears and Raiders as uh, there's five seconds to go and the Raiders are down by 11. So unless there's a 12-point touchdown that I don't know about, the Bears have got this one locked up. Uh, the, they did give up a touchdown, uh, in the fourth quarter to make it a 14 to nine, uh, ball game, uh, in the, in the fourth quarter there, uh, the drive that the Raiders were on at the end of the third quarter went another six minutes into the
the fourth quarter before finally scoring a touchdown. And a lot of that had to do with the Bears giving up penalties. Uh, Mario Edwards had a silly, unnecessary roughness uh, penalty in there that extended the drive. They kept giving the Raiders penalties inside the, like in first and goal type situations. They called the defenseless receiver on, on Roquan and things like that. They finally punch it in. They go for two and they don't make it. They were trying to make it a, a three-point ball game. Uh, 14 to 11 is what they were aiming for. Khalil Mack sacks Derek Carr on the two-point play to keep it at 14 uh, to nine. And that was all the Raiders could muster. They got a lot of help from the referees and from the Bears uh, on that drive. But overall, throughout this 60-minute ball game, they never really got anything going. Uh, they never got an offensive rhythm uh, at all. It's like going into the week, I was terrified that they'd be able to torch us with the deep ball and that they'd be able to hit one. And with our inability to be explosive as far as scoring points... I thought that, you know, one or two of those plays would be more than we can survive. I am beyond thrilled I was wrong about that. So kudos to the secondary or kudos for, to Sean Desai, more importantly, to, you know, putting us in a position that we weren't vulnerable to those big plays. And it seemed like any time the Raiders actually had a play that was there for them, a play that was open, number one, their receiver dropped that huge play at the start of the third quarter and or Derek Carr would would miss his receiver. He'd overthrow him uh, a little bit because uh, offensively, our numbers aren't sexy. We had way more success running the ball than we did throwing it. But even still, even that wasn't uh, very impressive uh, at all. We had two quarter two uh, field goals in the fourth quarter from Cairo Santos, the last one to basically put the game out of reach with about a buck ten to go in the game or something like that uh, to make it twenty to nine. So an outstanding defensive performance uh, from, uh, from our guys holding the Raiders in check, getting our first road win uh, of the season. It was a very, very big deal. This is a huge win uh, for the Bears. We go home and get ready to take on the 4-1 and Packers with first place on the line. How exciting is that? <laughs> What an unexpected byproduct of us pulling off this victory in uh, Las Vegas against the Raiders is that this coming Sunday, first place in the division is on the line uh, going into it. I mean, how exciting is that? I mean, it's that is actually pretty awesome that, uh, you know, we'd have a shot to a, uh, you know, beat the Packers and and B, be in first place if we can pull it off. And I was just looking at their schedule because you know after getting pasted by the saints uh in week one 38 to three where i was just like oh man what's going on with green bay they've won four straight but they beat the lions okay so have we they barely beat the 49ers they had to come back in and win that game late uh in overtime not overtime and at the end of regulation they had to kick a field goal to win that football game they beat the Steelers which is not a tough out this year or doesn't appear to be and then this past Sunday it took overtime and some luck to beat the the Bengals their kicker who was pretty steady and reliable uh going into the game missed two kicks uh in order to uh give the chance give uh, Mason Crosby who missed three kicks in the uh, in the football game he was three for six on Sunday and finally hit 
uh, in a string of four. He missed three in a row and then finally hit the fourth one in overtime for them to beat the Bengals uh, on Sunday. So this doesn't appear to be the invincible uh, Packers squad that we're used to uh, running into. That being said, it is still Aaron Rodgers. They still have Devontae Adams and Tunyon and, and all those guys that have spent the last couple of years uh, making it hurt uh, when we play them. Uh, it's just that uh, it doesn't seem that, uh, you know, they're as, uh, you know, as uh, invulnerable as they've been uh, in the past. So it, it's, it's definitely a winnable game for us. Uh, and we have Justin Fields now who uh, up at this point is showing that he's not going to lose us any football games. Uh, you know, we haven't won because of him yet, but uh, we're, we're not going to lose any games because of, uh, uh, you know, it, it's not going to be like a Jake Cutler or a Mitch Trubisky situation where he's going to start forcing things and throwing silly interceptions that dig us deeper holes and, and things like that. And the way that our defense has played the last couple of weeks I think we can give Green Bay a ball game. Um, I don't know if we're going to be able to pull this one out, uh, but I'm confident we can give them a game. Uh, Not like the last couple of years where it was just a matter of, uh, you know, let's let's keep it within the spread. You know, let's, oh, well, they're favored by five. Let's see if we can make it a a three-point ball game or something like that. Uh, And and instead, you know, the Packers being able to cover because they were uh, seven and a half game uh, favorites or whatever. I think the spread right now is like four and a half uh, or something like that. So uh, anyway, so we we were able to finish things off with the Raiders uh, there in the uh, fourth quarter. Uh, Did some more effective uh, running Justin Fields with a absolute key, key throw uh, in the fourth quarter there. Third and 12. Uh, throws a th- makes a throw to uh, Mooney right at the sticks, uh, put it where only Mooney uh, could catch it. And for me, I mentioned this in the uh, um, Bear Up, Bear Down show yesterday. What I was most thrilled about was that on third and 12, we were running 12 and 13-yard routes instead of, hey, let's run a five-yard route and make sure that our receiver has to gain the extra yardage to uh, – to get the first down, which almost never happens for us. Uh, it was very refreshing to see that we were actually getting to the sticks before turning around and looking for the football. And then Justin Fields made a throw where Mooney was the only person that was going to come down uh, with it, threw it between two defenders, and uh, it was a, a, you know, a right-on target uh, throw. Because he only threw for 111 yards. Uh, on Sunday, he attempted uh, 20 passes, completed 12, so not a bad uh, completion uh, percentage. Uh, I think it breaks down about 60% uh, on Sunday, but uh, you know it was 111 yards, and those 11, those 111 yards were effective uh, in, in doing what we needed to do in order to keep the the drives going uh, and such uh, on Sunday. And, and I think that we also got a lot from uh, Justin on, on the, that, that won't show up on the stat sheet, like his ability to uh, be unflappable at times, to when he's shaken up, to come back out there like it doesn't, like it's just rolling uh, off of him. We saw him do it in the, uh, the playoff game against Clemson, uh, where they, they cracked a rib and he's in all kinds of pain, uh, you know, between plays. But once the ball is snapped, 
he's on target and he's hitting you know his receivers downfield scoring points and outplaying Trevor Lawrence to send him packing early and earn himself a ticket to the national title game so uh we know what we're getting from Justin Fields and he showed that uh this Sunday uh, against the uh against the Raiders uh, you know, with the knee issue, with uh, basically, you know, getting the wind knocked out of him, but you wouldn't know it from how he comes back out there, uh, you know, just as aggressive and, and um, unflappable as he was before he took that last hit uh, kind of thing. So he did a lot of stuff on Sunday that doesn't show up on the stat sheet, but uh, will show up in big ways in the locker room and getting those guys behind him, believing in him and playing uh, for him. So uh, like I was saying before, it's a big win. Uh, for the Bears, we come in at three and two uh, with the victory. We come home to Soldier Field to take on the Packers on Sunday with first place in the division uh, on the line. You know, it might be a temporary thing if we beat them on Sunday and then fall to Tampa Bay uh, next uh, Sunday. But uh, I'll take the bragging rights and I'll certainly take a big division win uh, over Green Bay uh, for sure if uh, if we can get our hands on one. So. Uh, uh, I'm very much looking forward uh, to this game because I really think that we finally have a quarterback that can go head-to-head with Rodgers as far as, like, making this a rivalry again. You know, it, it's a rivalry because of our history. Uh, it's a rivalry because of the feelings between the fan bases and the teams. But as far as, like, the results on the field, it hasn't been a rivalry for a long time. And, and I think we have a quarterback on our side that can help turn this into a rivalry again. So I, I really do think that he's got the ice water in his veins like Aaron Rodgers does, that uh, he is the unflappable kind that will come back. If he makes a mistake, he'll have the amnesia that he needs in order to be able to make the next play on the next drive uh, kind of thing. So that is what I'm looking forward to uh, on Sunday is how does he handle the matchup? You know, even though they're not going to be on the field actually competing directly with one another, that's how this game is going to be built. It's going to be Aaron Rodgers versus Justin Fields uh, in this matchup. And uh, we're, we're going to be able to see what our quarterback can do uh, when he's got to answer the biggest call he's had to answer thus far. So uh, I am really looking forward to the game on Sunday. I'm not dreading Packer week for the first time in a long time. Really excited about it, as a matter of fact. So maybe I'll be feeling differently about that when we're doing Bear Up and Bear Down uh, on Sunday night to release it on Monday. But uh, for now, um, you know, I, I feel good. Our defense is, is sharp right now. Uh, I think, uh, you know, maybe we've uh, uh, shook in the, some, some of the uh, brain farts too so that uh, Aaron Rodgers isn't carving us to pieces uh, on Sunday. That would be very nice uh, to see. So, uh uh, especially since uh, my my mother is visiting in town this weekend, so she'll be around to watch the Packer game. I would very much like to not be an absolute basket of emotions and showing my ass in front of my mom because we're not playing well and getting pasted by the Packers. I would really like to not be that guy in front of my mom on Sunday. So if the Bears could do me a solid and at least make it a competitive game, that would be fantastic. So... Anyway, guys, that is going to do it for the deep dive review episode uh, for week number five. Our Bears victory over the uh, Las Vegas Raiders. We move to three and two and get ready to welcome the Packers into Soldier Field for a big NFC North showdown on Sunday. So uh, we will be back on Thursday with our good friend Evan Western from Acme Packing Company to preview uh, this ball game between the Bears and the Packers. See what he has to say 
about uh, the Packers and, and what they've done in the first five weeks of the season. How did he feel after week one? And how does he feel after these last uh, four games? You know, beating the Steelers, which doesn't appear to be that big a deal. Beating the Lions, you know, big whoop. Uh, the 49ers have shown flashes of that 2019 squad that went to the Super Bowl. And then this past weekend, uh, if if not for, you know, uh, their kicker missing the necessary kicks, they probably shouldn't have won uh, on Sunday. So how how good does that 4-1 feel to them? Are they happy to be 4-1 because they should probably be 2-3 and three or something uh, like that? Like they probably should have lost the game against San Francisco, should have lost this past Sunday. We should be in first place right now at 3-2 and two with them looking up at us. But, uh, you know, they got some of that good old-fashioned uh, Green Bay luck and have come out on top. You know, how how solid and confident do they feel about that 4-1? and one? We'll come back on Thursday and hear Ant's, uh, Evan's answers to those questions and more. And until then, my name is Larry D, and this has been the Bears Talk Underground. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast.